Welcome back to the Rec Center. He's Jack Ferris. I'm Lindsay Joy. And Jack, we're here to give the people some recommendations to watch uh, that are not the Olympics, because I think we suck at the Olympics. Am I am I off base there? Well, I think I'm glad you brought that up, Lindsay, because I was um, prepared to do this podcast. But, um, you know, I, I got to say, I've, I've, I've been feeling a lot of pressure, uh, most of it external, un, unfair pressure. And um, I just feel like I can't give my 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 uh, my opinions in such a manner that is going to make people think and laugh and maybe tear up a little bit. So, you know, if I don't feel like I can uh, pod at 100 um, percent capacity, I'm just not going to pod at all. So I'm just going to sit this one out. I will not- I'm going to root on my teammate. How's that? So you can celebrate me on Twitter for that. I will not partake in any Simone Biles slander. Like, you know, you're Oof. coming here to her number one defender. Who's Simone so, Biles? <laughs> very funny. Um, I, this is inside baseball or being um, maybe a little too revealing, but this the vault just aired. Um, the taped primetime version of the vault just aired as we are recording this. So just after 5 p.m. on Tuesday, obviously we all woke up to that news. Um, I guess depending on what time you woke up maybe earlier, but I woke up to that news today. Bad news. Uh, I wasn't, when I said we suck at the Olympics, I wasn't just meaning Simone. I think in general we've had. Yeah, we suck. We suck mentally and physically. That's correct. Because we're bad at basketball That's, too. <laughs> uh, we lost softball. How the hell? We should never lose softball ever in a million years. We lost yeah, again. And God bless Katie Ledecky, who swam like the second fastest she ever has, but she lost to an Australian teenager. And again, you can't blame her, but I feel like we're just losing all the stuff that we usually win and that we're expected to win. And, you know, it's just been um, one disappointment after the another. I Again, I fully support all these people. I love Simone Biles. I love Katie Ledecky. I will not stand for any negative Simone talk. But it's been a disappointing start to the Olympics for sure. So we're going to give you maybe that's part of the problem is because we're not negative anymore as a society. We're so lovey-dovey. We're so kumbaya. Fine, and and everyone gets a trophy, and we can talk about how you know the mentality of the new kids coming up. Kids are soft, whatever. Simone Miles is performing stunts. So okay, do you know um, Brooke Forty, Pat Forty's daughter? Um, uh, Pat Forty, the football writer, the Yahoo writer, yeah, yeah. He's, he, I think he's at Sports Illustrated now. So his daughter had a panic attack in a pool, like in the last year. She got out of the pool. Like if you have a mental issue and you're swimming, you just get out of the pool. Simone Biles, if she has a mental issue when she's doing that vault, like she could die. Yeah, no, 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 no. I, I this is my fault. I brought this up. I, I don't want to go down this road. I just. Again, she has every right to say, I don't want to put myself in harm's way because if I have a mental block on the beam, the consequences there are not just like, oh, I fell off. You know, it could be so much worse than that. I just will, again, I will defend her till, yeah. until forever. I really will. I'm um, just glad she was in a good mental health space when she shot those 15 million Subway commercials and Visa commercials that I have to watch all the time now. I'm wait, did she, she do Subway? A, she did Subway, yeah. Oh, I don't, she does Uber Eats, but I don't know if I've seen her. Oh, maybe, maybe I was thinking Uber Eats. Anyway, I've seen her on, I, that's another thing though. Credit to her. If this was eight years ago, we would see a lot more of her because that's when people watched commercials more. Uh, She would be way more in our lives. 
So at least, be, be, yeah. Anyway. So the last thing I will say on this is I told everyone to watch Simone versus this week. I don't know what the final episodes are going to be like. I haven't seen beyond the five out of seven. I will say it, it really shows a human side of her. And maybe that makes me a little more like understanding and empathetic that she is this perfect gymnast, best of all time, but she is also human and really, is she, she's not just getting to Tokyo and saying, I now feel the pressure. It's something she's talked about a lot forever. What if, what if the producers of the show were like, you know what? Mm, we were going to cut this up and do the show, but we're not really in a good headspace. So I don't know that they're taping right now though. I know you're just trying to make a joke, but I don't know that they're taping. I think they, I, I think that they might have like finished filming that show. I, w I wish they were taping. I think they might've finished filming that show um, prior to Tokyo is the vibe I yeah. got. I I'm again, I'm fully unaware of the production timing of that show. I didn't really understand why it was airing during the Olympics, but I, I know am, you were uh, just making a joke about not wanting to, I just, again, I, I think it's not wanting to do something is a little different when it's something that could end in near death. I am a mental health advocate. I think we've come a very long way in the last five years. I think we have a long way to go. I do not like the Washington State Cougars. I've had this Helinski's Hope bracelet on my arm for four years. I had a problem with today, but then we'll leave it at that. We we won't have to get dive too deep into it. I don't think I'm alone. You're certainly not alone in your support for Simone. Uh, God bless America. What'd you watch this week? Not a lot. And actually the stuff I watched was really dark and didn't help me with the the dark hole that the Olympics have put me in like has not been helped by the things I watched. Um, White Lotus was enjoyable enough. I wouldn't say it like lifted my spirits. It's not a relaxing Hawaiian getaway to watch by any means, but it is enjoyable enough. Someone I don't know. I think I thought someone, I would like it more. Someone pointed this out to me. The outside of the setting of the hotel with the, the four seasons, uh, Wailea, right? Correct. Outside of the setting, like the star of the show is the the score, the soundtrack, like the haunting, chanting, and uh, drums. If you go back and watch an episode or pay attention this weekend, like that, it's like they do a great job because sometimes it's it adds like a, there's like comedic beats to it, mm -hmm. and other times it like adds to the, the awkwardness of of um a belligerent lady asking you and your um, honeymoon partner to move so she can toss her ashes into the sea. Um, I don't know. I like it. But I, again, I, I think we're approaching it on, on two different levels. I'm, I go into it like, Oh yeah, let's toss this on and whatever. Like, you know, I like, I hang out with the show is the best way I can describe it. But is it a fun hang? I do think it's fun. Okay. That's where we differ. It's yeah. not that I have, I had higher expectations because of the critical reviews because the critics saw the whole thing from jump. Yeah. And so I had higher expectations from that, but then I think you like hanging with the show more than I do. I do like hanging with the show. I like hanging with the cartoon character characters. Um, I think there is so much potential for hijinks to ensue over the next few episodes that, uh, uh, yeah, the potential of the show is still keeping me keeping me excited. <laughs> I, it's just a little things like so. And this is I was just in Hawaii, and this is like maybe gonna 
come off as very like first worldish, but you know that mode when you're in, when you're hanging out at a resort and you feel like you could just talk to people because you're just like on the same level. You know what I mean? And I'm not even saying like booze is involved. You could just like have casual conversations with a stranger next to you just because you're both staying at the same hotel resort, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I think Steve Zahn, if Steve Zahn, any other setting with Steve Zahn asking Alex's Dario, oh, you're on your honeymoon, huh? Yeah, we noticed a couple days ago. Like, that conversation gets weird, but to start, it's totally normal. And I think they, like, they, 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 they nail that kind of interaction between two people that have been at the same resort for, like, three or four days. Like, hey, we've seen each other a million times. We can finally talk, you know? A few thoughts on this. Um, Steve Zahn stressed me out in this episode. The monkey chest beating at the end was just like, I was like blanket over the head, uncomfortable. Um, but obviously that was the goal, I think. Um, at that very pool, I made some friends last time we were in Hawaii. Yeah. Just oh, no, people yeah, yeah. in the pool. That's yeah, yeah. The, again, that, that exactly where, where you're seeing um, Jake Lacey, like talk to Sydney Sweeney. That was, that's the adult pool. No kids allowed. Yeah, um, that's another so thing. That's... Those, those girls are they're they're reading like Nietzsche and. Well, I didn't get that joke. So no, they they're, Freud. they're so Freud. they. She said we have we have outfit stylists and then we have because they switched books, not with each other. Where they switch books, they weren't they're not reading the same book every day, and they're obviously yeah. not finishing a Nietzsche book in a day. So Jake Lacey was saying, "Is that fake, or are you actually reading but that?" And I, I couldn't they, tell. Are I you couldn't sure tell. they're not finishing the book? No, I don't think so. I couldn't talk. They were think, joking. I do think that they're. I do they mention the school? I think they're wearing a sweatshirt. I do think they're supposed to be really smart chicks or book smart, well educated. I should say. Okay, so since we're on that topic, um, you had mentioned you think there's going to be a fight over the guy. Yes. Are you still on that same page? Because I think yes. that Sydney Sweeney is into her? her friend. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's I the think conflict. Maybe, I think maybe you're right. And which would actually be interesting because she was so um, gun ho about um, her paternal grandpa being gay and like trying to talk Steve's on out of it. You know what I mean? Or cheer him up kind of thing. Or like shaming him for having a, a, a negative reaction to it. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I still think, I think Sydney Sweeney is going to still hook up with that hot Polynesian, but maybe it's to spite her friend. Maybe it's to piss her friend off and not just because he, he, she's into the smoke show Polynesian bro. I think there's going to be some kind of a screaming conflict between the two of them about who's into who. And I do think that the conversation she had with Steve Zahn is supposed to be just like a commentary on the fact that that generation is so much more open to like sexuality being a spectrum and not like you are, or you aren't. I and, think it, and I he, think that's yeah, part I of also, her character. I think it was also like uh, uh, that generation is also like going out of their way to shame you. Like he was having a, a reaction. I mean, Connie Britton nailed it perfect. Like he's he's reacting how he's reacting. Like we shouldn't shame him one way or another. If he wants to react this way amongst his family, like he's free to do that. We're you know we're not going to yell at him. I I I also think it was Mike White kind of. Um, uh, poking fun at the generation for like going out of their way to try to cancel someone. The younger generation. Yeah. I don't think. Yeah. Anyway. So that one thing you said is that Connie Britton had a good point. She also is kind of terrible, like with the whole 
Zoom and you know my Chinese class. So everyone's one thing, terrible. There's not a redeemable person. One thing that I was going to say that I do like about the show, maybe the most, is everyone's terrible. Everyone's good. It's it's this gray area. It's not black and white. And with Jake Lacey, he's so annoying, but he has a point that when you book a cruise or just he wanted a nice dinner right and so if the manager sets him on the the boat with jennifer coolidge like he has a point as annoying as he is he's in the right in some form or fashion in a lot of this stuff so i like that everything is not black and white that everything kind of exists in that gray area and that no one is completely bad or completely wrong and no one's completely good and completely right um that's probably the one thing that I have actually enjoyed throughout. I don't the know. Show. He's pretty, he's pretty awful. He is, but he has a, he has a, he has every right to be annoyed that he said, I want to do a nice dinner for my wife on our honeymoon. And, oh, and it was sabotage. And the dude sent him out. The dude could have just said, we'll just set you up on the grass overlooking the ocean. But he was like, no, let me send you out with this woman. And obviously he did it on purpose. Um, but he has every right to say that was messed up. Cause it was like, again, it's, he is so annoying, but he still has a point. So I just have found that interesting. And I thought they've done a good job with the characters there again, like instead of good guys and bad guys, it's everyone is just a guy. Um, any other thoughts on the week? Oh, Molly Shannon's coming next week. Yep. That was a random. I haven't seen Molly Shannon in quite some time. She was in. I feel like she did like a random movie, like a I don't I don't know. Anyway, I I don't know a lot. I don't know she the last time I've seen Molly. She was in divorced with Will Ferrell. No, with um, uh, Sarah Jessica Parker and oh, divorce, divorced. Thomas Hayden, the HBO show. Sure, yeah. That was called divorced. That's what I said. No, that was a question, not a statement. Oh, I don't know. I think it was called divorced. Anyway, um, okay. Well, that is, I also have in my notes, this is the least sexy show ever. I think that was during the Steve Zahn scene. I just was uncomfortable. Um, that are, uh, is all I have on the White Lotus for this week. What else do you have? Uh, what did I watch or on White Lotus? Are you done on White Lotus? Oh yeah, no. Uh, Pay attention and appreciate. Somebody pointed this out to me, and it's so true. Appreciate the um, the score of White Lotus. It's great. Mm-hmm. It's so unique. Will do. Uh, what else did you watch? You want me to go? Yeah. Um, I feel like I do so much HBO, but sorry, they've been turning out just good con- uh, content. Um, the Woodstock '99 documentary on on Max. I watched it because I figured you were going to watch it. No other reason? Uh, <laughs> no, but I just... So I was deciding between... There was a few things I was deciding between. And I was like, I bet he's going to do Woodstock 99. Did you, you, make it, you make it sound like it was like such a, a labor. It like kind of became homework. a labor. It wasn't. Um, it was... A, well, we'll get my thoughts on that because that's actually my first rec as well. Um, did you watch it on Max and not... Obviously, because you don't do HBO like... Yeah, no, I, I haven't. I haven't turned on HBO cable in maybe five years. So I had a hard time finding it because it's called everything I had seen. It was promoted as Woodstock '99, and the actual title is Music Box. Woodstock yeah, it's a 99? series. It's a it's a series developed by Bill Simmons. 
Um, yes. So and this is just episode one. So I just wish that I, this is, I don't know just how I knew going in, but I wish I had known it was called Music Box because I wasted five minutes of my life trying to find it. Because when I searched Woodstock 99 on HBO Max, it didn't come up. Hmm. So Anywho. Bill Simmons, King of Branding 30 for 30 is somehow failing at that anyway. Um, good. <laughs> good Bill Simmons or what? No, I can go. Yeah, that was done. Um, I loved it. It was such a, I, I do think it's, if you're not born between, uh, oh God, 1974 and like 1990, I think it might be lost on you a little bit. But uh, I, do you remember watching MTV when we were 10, 11 years old as they were building up to this and the actual weekend itself? Sort of. I remember like Limp Bizkit controversies. I remember a lot you of that. Certainly were, you certainly were familiar with all the acts, right? Yeah. The Offspring. Um, <laughs> Jewel. <laughs> You know what I mean? Sure. Like if some if somebody's watching this and they're 25, 26, they're not going to know who the hell or they're going to they're they're going to have heard of Limp Biscuit. I don't think they're going to appreciate right or wrong how much of a grip Limp Biscuit had on pop culture for some reason for like a year in the late 90s. Like it was crazy. Fred Durst was everywhere. And the reason I like this so much is our our good friend um Tom Rohr put this perfectly a couple of weeks ago. When he said, you know, we were talking about getting home from school and you had to watch TRL because you had to be in the conversation the next day in junior high as to, uh, you know, where bye-bye-bye uh, was on the, the countdown list. And for a stretch for so long in the late 90s, it was always like, um, you know, Jewel at number four, NSYNC at number three, Britney Spears at number one but corn was always at number two. And he was like, who the hell was calling Carson Daly every day and voting for corn. And this documentary completely answers that, that question. Uh, they nail it when they say um, there were so many people there who were, you know, 2021, 20, 22, 23, 24, 25, who were pissed at MTV for taking their MTV and giving it to their little sister. They're that's such a brilliant line that they put in there. And it's so true. Uh, so yeah, I think it, it captures perfectly. There was this angst in the late nineties for no reason. And nobody had anywhere to put it. The economy was great. Everyone was getting good jobs. You know, people were just wanted to, wanted to be upset at something. And, uh, they all converged onto, uh, upstate New York for that weekend and, and tore it all down. Uh, yeah, I thought it was fascinating. It, it was just, such a cool time machine to get into. And again, if I think even if you're our parents' age and you're watching this, you're going to be like, oh, yeah, but I don't like my parents don't know who Limp Biscuit is. You know, that's going to be kind of lost on them. They know who Limp Biscuit is. Uh, my parents? I don't, but I'm pretty sure my parents do not know who Fred Durst is. Mm. Certainly the offspring. That, certainly corn. I can promise you they don't know who corn is. And not to say that we are like familiar with corn's catalog, but we know enough that, you know, to know that corn was like a big deal for a stretch. Um, so yeah, I think this is a perfect documentary for, uh, Gen Xers into millennials. I also and, wonder if Gen Zers would enjoy it because they're so familiar with the Coachella and stagecoach world. Um, and 
I don't know. I feel like a lot of them appreciate that. And so to see what it would be like if Coachella wasn't just like Kendall Jenner running around in a crop top. And if it was disgusting anarchy, which by the way, this documentary just grossed me out like left and right. There's just trash. Did you like it? And mud everywhere. It's three stars because it was interesting, but like speaking of tough hangs, I, I had seen that it was dark and like, I just think that's a fair warning. Like it's dark. Um, but it was interesting. I just, I don't know, maybe it's three and a half, but it's not, I didn't, it's not a four stars for me. Yeah. I feel like, I, I feel like you're going to. Yeah. I was, um, I can't remember exactly. I watched it in the morning. I had like just gotten done with, maybe I was done with work at like noon and I had just eaten and I was going to go to the gym, but you know, you gotta, you want to like lay down or like sit down and chill out before you eat, before you go to the gym. So I was like, Oh, well, perfect. I'll toss this on for 15, 20 minutes before I go to the gym. And at like 10 minutes in, I was like, Nope, I'm watching this whole goddamn thing. Like, and those of you who are listening, I understand that that is a luxury and uh, it's not lost on me that I could just carve out two hours in the middle of my day to watch a documentary. on HBO. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's a Tuesday for Lindsay and I, um, I, the access they got, the way they the, they told the story chronologically through the weekend was so well done. It was simple. They didn't try to jump. They didn't try to do too much. You know what I mean? They, um, when it came to like the blame game, I thought it was really interesting. I thought the because uh, the concert organizers, who both of them, both of the the big wigs, are very much part of the documentary, and both of them don't hold back in pretty much blaming Fred Durst and blaming. That Girls one guy, to be topless. yeah, that guy that, comes off. That guy, that guy that comes guy. off. It's unbelievable how bad this guy is. And it's, it's okay. So this guy, I don't want to ruin. I don't want to spoil too much of the document documentary, but this guy, uh, certainly as he's watching this documentary, uh, is regretting some of the things he said on camera. But it's perfect because they splice him present day contemporary with what he was saying 20 years ago at this like weird 24 hour press conference they had at Woodstock 99 when he was constantly like putting out fires. But he was like super abrasive and just like making problems worse at this press conference 20 years ago. It's it's the footage they have is unbelievable. But didn't you think he was just as bad in present day? Like some of the oh, no, yeah, no, 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 no. That, okay, that, okay, okay, that's okay. what I'm saying. It's, it's okay. so it's so well, it's it's excellent. Editing. You, it's said excellent filmmaking. you said he's regretting it, but he's had 20 years to think about what happened and he still has that take on it. So that's yeah. why I'm just saying I, I, the Amanda Knox documentary on Netflix, I think it was Netflix. There is a, a reporter who is in that, who is like salivating over, Oh, the blood and the guts. And like, and he's like one of the worst human beings I've ever seen in a documentary, just as an interview subject. Like he was there for a reason, but he was so easy to hate. Like this guy rivals that guy for me this guy was i did not like him and i think what's funny is i don't i'd, I'd have to look up who directed this uh, because i was very impressed with them they didn't like i think they were very fair to him you know what i mean they didn't like no in terms of like look he's, a, he's an asshole don't yeah. get me wrong but they didn't like as far as i know they didn't set it up to make him look completely like an asshole you know what i mean they they didn't take 15 seconds of sound they gave him like 45 seconds to make a point you know what yeah. i mean it's when you, it's when you you snip it people and cover it with b-roll and then get back to him that you like it's like oh was that what he was saying this guy's just got uh, a bad opinion bad but taste. you know what it's that opinion is probably shared by a bunch of other people 
So the things I did like that you mentioned is the timeline. I did like how the way they moved through the story, um, you get Friday, 3 PM who's on the stage, you know, this is the vibe you get, you know, Friday night, Saturday. I really did like jewels. Like by the time I went on on Sunday, everyone was just kind of tired. It was weird. Um, you do get a really good feel for that. I also just enjoy like content from a pre cell phone world. And that is very much this because part of the anxiety of this weekend, it's not just like disgusting people just using the bathroom, like on the ground everywhere. Like again, mud, human excretions, I feel like all over this place. But one of the other things is like these people were there with their friends. They didn't have cell phones. So you would just yeah. lose people. And there's a, yeah. a people finder tent, which I'm, I'm there's gotta be a people finder tent at like Coachella and stagecoach and all that. Um, yeah. Because don't cell phones not work at those places anyway. Yeah. Way you, too, yeah. It's kind of a throwback probably to 99 because you're everyone's phones. And I don't know that that's still the case. Maybe we have solved this from like a cellular tower standpoint, but you're, you're not necessarily able to use your phone at these big things anyway, but I mean, these people just didn't have them. So if they lost people in this mass of human bodies, like they just had to find them later somehow. Um, and that, like I said, that was kind of a throwback to the nineties. And we grew up in a world where you did go places without cell phones and you like would have to find someone without a cell phone. Yeah, so, that, it, so that, it was nostalgic in that way. It, right. And that's another point to where like, if even if you're 26, 24, 25, 26, you don't really remember a time when you didn't have a cell phone. Yeah. Yeah. If you I lost some, if you lost somebody, you were effed. I remember that that pit of losing somebody, like at a fair or something. If you lost like your family member or something, you were like, oh my God, I'm dead. If you got separated in like the mall or a grocery store, even like yeah. a grocery store, you could just go up to the front and be like, I lost my mom. But just in general, like that's not something anyone who's younger than us will ever have known unless you just like were a weird family without cell phones, um, which I guess wouldn't be that weird. The other thing I feel like, I don't know if you saw this too, like people comparing it to the Firefest doc or like people comparing the hot mess of Woodstock 99 to Firefest. Yeah. Um, it's very different is why I'm saying that. I do think it's different. I do because much of this is, you know, kind of dissecting where we were at as a culture in 1999. And I do think there is a little that in, sure. in Firefest, but we're, we were, we're living in the moment. Like Firefest came out in 1999. When was the actual Firefest? 2017? Mm, good question. 20, 2017 was when the promos we were, it was 2017 was, um, so yeah. So we're like living yeah. in the same, cause you know, there's, I, I bet if they, if we were 10 years removed from Firefest, it would be a little bit more like view 30,000 foot view of what happened. This is like, you know, we have the benefit of hindsight in so many ways. So I think I thought, I thought this was more interesting. I'd hesitate to say better just because like I said, we have the benefit of being 20 years removed. So I'm a lover of the Firefest doc in part because it's ultimately kind of a victimless crime. And it's, it's not, I get that people were like defrauded and especially the people for, hold on, poor woman who like lost everything, which I think the GoFundMe for her, like ended up being getting her uh, her money back. So there's victims. There's victims. So, okay, let me speak. So with that, the people who were defrauded, who like lived on the Bahamas, put their, you know, put all this time into it. Of course there were victims, but the fraud of it and the the people who went to this event 
I mean, I, I honestly think they got their money back. They were, you know, whatever, but did they, uh, like the 24 year old who paid $2,000 and Oh, those people I'm talking about the people that the Bahamas you're saying the yeah. victims are the people who lived on the Bahamas and were trying to like put this thing on. Yes. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Part of the reason people enjoy the Firefest drama is because a bunch of rich 24 year olds went to an Island that they thought was Pablo Escobar's Island. And they thought they were in for like the coolest weekend of their lives. We were laughing and, at them. We liked laughing at them. Yeah. enjoyed laughing at them. Yeah. So that's part of why I think people enjoy it. This is not that like these crimes, like the things that went on were a lot darker and a lot more serious and a lot, I don't know. I don't want to say more offensive, but it's a, it's a lot different for me um, to hear these people talk about it. And uh, again, we're not like spoiling anything. I, I don't even know if it's a spoiler to say like, they do go into a lot of like sexual assault stuff. Um, and it's just, like I said, it, it's really dark and it's really hard to watch at times. And it's different than Firefest, where they got handed a piece of lettuce and a piece of cheese and a tomato on bread. And we got that famous photo. Um, it, the tone and again, like the nature of the crimes is just so, so, so much worse. So that's all I'm saying is like, I don't know if I went into it expecting another Firefest type of documentary. It's just not that at all. Just know that um, there's a lot more to it is all I would have to say. Yeah, um, I liked it a lot. Four, four for me. I'm between three and three, five. I don't know. I didn't, I, I enjoyed it. It's very interesting. It's very well done. I'll go three, five. Um, I, I'm between, I don't know, 3.25. Can I do that? Bet- your life is between three and three. Can you can I, whatever the hell you want. I don't know. You, I don't care. This is our first 3.25 stars. I don't do the app. Well, yeah, no, we can do 3.25. That's um, a new rule. Okay. So next, do you want to go next? Nope. Because. Okay. We, we both, we both did one. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, I will be, I'll go to Netflix. I haven't done Netflix in quite some time. And part of it was because um, I was logged out of my account for like a week and a half and I was just too lazy to look back up. I'm back in baby. Don't you worry. Um, docu-series that I enjoyed for just easy um, wash over me consumption. It's not going to make you smarter, but it's certainly going to uh, pass the time. Uh, it's Heist. Oh, is it a docu-series? I thought that was a yeah, show. Yeah, it's a docu-series. Yeah, I know. There's a few of them. There's, uh, I think they're all, they're all too... There's there's four or five and they're all two parters and they're all like each episode is like forty five minutes so there's like a, a several f- hour and a half little documentaries uh, they're all dramatic reenactment so if you're like weird about dramatic reenactment like that's you know whatever but dramatic reenactment has gotten so much better than like unsolved mysteries twenty five years ago when like that stuff was unwatchable you know what I mean like. I think they do dramatic reenactment now in such a way that it's just, it's really, really, really good high production B-roll. But are the actors, is it people acting? They're not like talking. No, there's not, there's no sound. It's just all B-roll. It's really, really good B-roll mixed in with actual footage. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if, I mean, if you're a hard no on uh, dramatic reenactments, not for you, but these are fascinating stories. And it's stories about regular people getting away with extraordinary things. And like I said, getting away with it. Um, 
without spoiling too much, it's it's fun. So often you watch these documentaries about uh, heists that go awry, or you know the people the people are successful for like a week before they you know left a toenail or something at the scene. But um, this is all excellent stuff. Uh, it's fun. There's and it, it's there. It's not small amounts of money. It's all deep into seven figures, all cash. Very fun. It's like it's like sexy. Uh, it. I don't know how often you have this reaction, Lindsay, but every time I come across a documentary and I'm watching it and all these things happen, I'm like, how do I not know anything about this? You know what I mean? Or every time I hear like a new case on a uh, podcast like a murder podcast deal. I was like, how do I not know anything about this guy that killed 17 people in North Carolina in 1994? You know what I mean? Um, so there's a lot of that. It's, it's fun. It's flashy. I would just like anything, just stay off Wikipedia when you watch it, just let it wash over you. It's, it's definitely going to pass the time on like a, uh, a Friday or Saturday night. It's, it's a Friday or Saturday night kind of documentary. Whereas I would say the, Woodstock 99 docks like a Sunday night cerebral night. What year did these heists take place in? Like what decade? Um, 80s and 90s, late 80s, early 90s. I just feel like with technology, like people aren't really getting away. I covered a ton of bank robberies when I was in news and people do it all the time, but they yeah. get away with like $3,000. Yeah. There's some wild stat that 75% of bank robberies are successful. But it's so in, in my like small towns that I cover bank robberies in, they just, the bank never has that much like money up front. So you like don't get that much. And then they never release what amount of money is actually taken to the public. Cause they don't want the public to know they could just like go get a few yeah. thousand. I mean, and it's not like they're like all successful. There's definitely, I don't know. I would say it's 50, 50 in my experience, but like, no, I mean, you look it yeah. up. There's stats. It's yeah. It's crazy how successful it is. But anyway, I just feel like nowadays it is hard. I mean, and to pull off the height, like to pull off a heist that you're saying it's seven figures. That's wild because. Yeah, no, 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 no. That's not, they don't waste your time with like small time heists. <laughs> like I wouldn't call robbing a bank for three grand heists. Like these are well thought out plans. And you're, as you're watching it, you're like rooting for the people. You're like, wow, that's actually, that's not a bad idea. Success rates of American bank robberies while you google that i'm just gonna let you know that something in my house smells like it's burning and i don't know if it's toast or if something's burning <laughs> so Dude, about, um, are, you, are you ready for this yeah that may be a sign of covid by the way if you smell burning i think um, that's a stroke the clearance rate for bank robbery is among the highest of all crimes nearly 60 percent wait clearance clearance meaning not Check that. Clearance meaning good for the for the criminal. Are you positive? Yes, I am. Okay. I thought clearance rate. I thought clearance rate was the cops. No. Clearing the case like fully charged out of the system. Yeah. No. Okay. I believe you. I I I do think they're high. I just thought clearance that word in cop speak meant something else. I will take your word for it. Uh, I like this one. I'll give it another four. Wow. Heist. I have only, to, hand of the air, I've only watched the first one, but the first one was really good. So, really, but I really don't good. understand. You said they're like two episodes each and then there's like how many episodes of I believe there's. Heist I believe there's eight there? episodes. So there's four total stories. 
and each one's two, a two quarter. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, I said I wouldn't do this, but I'm going to, and I'm sorry, but I've been watching the Olympics and I had a busy week. Um, I'm recommending Kevin can F himself, which I've mentioned on this podcast. And I mentioned that I wasn't going to tell people to watch it because it's on AMC. But like people have seen Mad Men and Breaking Bad and Walking Dead. Um, So like for the 30 million people that are watching The Walking Dead every week, you have access to this show. I don't necessarily think that our listeners like have an AMC cable subscription or an AMC plus account. Um, Maybe just tuck it away for like when it appears on Netflix or a streaming service. I don't know if Hulu, I don't know if they'll have any, they have a prime video um, partnership, but I do think you still need a subscription. So if you have access to AMC or AMC plus, the show is really good. The other thing I will say, the season finale airs on Sunday there's eight episodes total and you can do an AMC plus free trial. So you could just do a free trial. I think watch the whole thing and then cancel. That is an option as well. Um, and I don't know, I don't know that it's worth, but if you're just like looking for something to spend an entire Sunday doing before football starts up again, I wouldn't say it's a bad way to spend a Sunday. Um, again, I've mentioned this show on here I don't think I went over the format which is that it's half multicam sitcom and half drama so half of the show is shot like Breaking Bad or a drama that you would watch and then the other half is like Kevin Can Wait is one that it reminds me of but um, King of Queens I don't know if Big Bang Theory is like shot that way but goofy sitcom in the house and then and it's Annie Murphy who was on Schitt's Creek And when she walks outside out into the world, it's a regular drama. But when she's in her house, the show is like with a laugh track and everything. So is it done ironically? Yes. Yes. And that's so I I think one of the um, reviews was like, Kevin can wait is the weirdest show on TV, but like, can they make it work? It was like a very bold, risky choice to have a show be in this form. It's I've never, I mean, no one's ever done anything this extreme in terms of like the formatting, like no one's ever used a specific format. Maybe people have like played around with different tones, but like, this is the only show I've ever seen that is fully two different shows, but in one show. And at first it took me a little while to get into it. Probably took me two or three episodes and they're hour long episodes. Um, it took me a little while to get used to it and to like it, but I, it works Again, Annie Murphy from Schitt's Creek is good because she is funny, but then she also has like, she's also good at the other stuff too. So it's interesting. You're it's, you've not seen anything like this before. It's worth it. I just, I don't know why AMC chooses to make things so difficult for people. They must just be riding the high off those three shows and they just don't care. Like, I don't know what the plan is. I don't know why they do this, but. Yeah, if it's working for them, it's working for them. I mean... Is it, though? I don't know. As we move forward into, like, a brave new world? I haven't cracked open the books of AMC recently, but, I mean, it's either working for them or they're just so stubborn at this point that they're just, they just refuse to give in. Yeah, I just... There's got to be a better way. I mean, again, like, FX has a deal with Hulu where 
their stuff just goes right there for free. Like I, there's gotta be someone they can make a deal with where their content can be streaming. So we, so you would say if you are living in 2014 and have regular cable and have easy access to AMC, go for it, but don't necessarily break your back to pay for. I'm saying if you're really looking for something to watch and all of the other things we've told you about don't sound appetizing, just do the free trial and watch it in like two days. I'm assuming the free trial is probably a week, right? Seven days. Isn't that a fair, what you would guess for a free trial of a streaming network? It is what I would guess. But do you think that's worth it? Yeah, I think it's worth the. I think it's worth putting your email in for the free trial of AMC. Mm. I do. I, I'm telling you, it's four. It's four stars. Like you're not. Again, you're not going to see. But see, anything. I would. I would recommend someone knock out Better Call Saul if they were to do that on AMC. <sighs> okay, you're talking to someone who watched one season of Better Call Saul and then fell off. And I think a lot of people liked Better Call Saul more as it went on. Wait, you're saying that you should do the free trial? Get watch better call Saul. I'm saying if Kevin, you have a week, if you have a week of free AMC, it should be better call Saul. Yeah. But there's too much to watch. Aren't there three or four seasons? Well, if you have a week, you should, I'm, you should focus. What I'm saying is if you, if you have a week, show of AMC, is only eight hours, you should focus on, you should focus. Right. That's what I'm saying. But you should focus your attention on, uh, uh, better call Saul rather than Kevin can F himself. But I haven't seen Kevin can F himself. So maybe it's fabulous. I don't know. Isn't, Better Call Saul is Better Call Saul only available on AMC because I feel like that show did no, it's make now its way. On Netflix. In, the first yeah. few seasons are now on Netflix, but that's, the last couple of seasons are on AMC. So that's what I'm saying too. Is if you don't watch the show this weekend, fine, tuck it away as like this is a good show because I do think eventually it will migrate to one of the streaming services. If Better Call Saul is already on Netflix, like this show will make its way there. So it's interesting. Just know whenever it appears in your Netflix queue and it shoots to number one, like manifest, which we've never talked about. I don't Dude, think people are so stupid. Manifest <laughs> manifest is such a good idea. It's such a good concept. And just by like the third episode in when she's hearing voices, it's like, Oh God, oh, you've like, actually tried watching it. I, oh, I watched it when it was, I watched it. My parents were all about it when it came out on network television a few years ago. So I think I rolled my eyes at it when it, was like being promoted. I'm sure it was like during something that was on ABC, the NBA finals and they were running a million promos, whatever. I feel like I saw a ton of promos and it's that one promo where they're like, you guys have been missing for five years. Uh Um, It's a brilliant, it's a, it's a really good concept. It is, but alias, I mean, it's a little different, but alias did that season two finale. Sydney Bristow comes back to her boyfriend after like a um, work trip. And he's like, where have you been? It's like, you've been missing for two years. And then the next season, it's like her trying to figure out where she was for, for two years. I do think they ripped that concept off a little bit, but I guess the plane actually going missing for two years um, is just taking it to another level. Um, also watch Alias. Cause that's a great show. I just, I will not watch um, manifest. I don't think it's for me. Um, designated survivor. Isn't that the other one that went to Netflix and was on was yeah, number one Kiefer. forever Kiefer. It's like, it's just an extension of 24 pretty much. Yeah. Well, it's, he's the one, I mean, it, that's an interesting concept too. Cause when they have a uh, state of the union, there's yes, always one, right? Right, right, right. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. But it's um, like, nah. Yeah. But I guess honestly, you know, what's funny though. I remember when that came out and uh, <laughs> my uh, interview for KXLY, which is an ABC affiliate in Spokane. 
um, the general manager of the station came in and she was like, Jack, do you watch a lot of TV? What TV are you watching? And I'm like, uh, and I'm thinking like, fuck, fuck, fuck. What's on ABC right now? Like, you know what I mean? For the life of me, I couldn't think of anything. So I, I said like, I don't know, I'm, I'm rewatching Mad Men or something. And she was like, there is this new show designated survivor with Kiefer Sutherland. You know who Kiefer Sutherland is? It is marvelous. And I'm like, is she really selling like network television to a prospective employee right now? Like that she just, Where's the off switch on this this lady? That uh, quick said. That is one thing that working at local affiliates, they do send the local affiliates like the posters for the shows. Um, you guys probably had a designated survivor poster in one of your hallways, like I'm by, sure by the tracking booth or I'm by sure your edit base. Um, that is one thing I do regret about my time in TV is I you never steal any. I never stole any. And I wish I wish I had I was a Fox station one, so there was definitely 24. The 24 reboot, I think. Um, but yeah, I, I they're just like the most, obs- not even obscure because these are network television shows that get like 10 million viewers, but just the most ridiculous movie or sorry, TV posters throughout the hallways. Um, and I should have at least snatched one on my last day at one of my many stations, but it's just a regret I'll always have. Are you texting or emailing? What's, what's happening? Yeah, I'm emailing, but I'm listening. I'm engaging. You're also... Um, uh, headphones in and headphones on. You're double headphoning it. I am correct. Yeah, because how else am I going to hear the Instagram stories? Is that what the phone is? Headphones and then no, I'm I, I, earphones. I'm just doing like quick reply work email stuff that is like mind numbing. So I'm just doing it right now. Okay. Well, on that note, I have nothing else for this week. Do you? Because I said I was going to do two recs, and I did my two recs. I think I might. No, I don't have anything else. I think I might go to the um, the cinema this weekend, though. Are you gonna see old? No, I'm not gonna see old. I want to see the Matt Damon movie. I don't even know what that is. What's the Matt Damon movie? Stillwater. What's it about? Or Deepwater? It's kind of like um, he's from Oklahoma, and his daughter Abigail Breslin has been wrongfully jailed overseas. It's a true story, and so this kind of like backwoods uneducated guy takes it upon himself to get her out interesting you haven't um, seen any of this I, that's why have you seen matt damon on podcasts and stuff yes that's i obviously um i obviously saw him second bill simmons reference of this pod saw him on on that but no i didn't um i guess i didn't listen to the pod so i didn't know that i also feel like i've been watching more commercials than normal because of the olympics and i just haven't seen that yeah. anywhere plenty of um, commercials though she's actually not in a ton of air i haven't seen the uber eats ones a lot anywho this was fun let's do it again so i'm gonna watch f boy island and love is blind the reunion special okay. that they're doing. um i'm gonna have some either lowbrow content or gonna have to fit some real content um in this week but we'll do our best uh for next Certainly week will. also did you watch ted lasso do you want to start talking about ted lasso sure let's start doing it i will say my uh, computer is dangerously close to um, shutting down and I don't want to go plug it in. But Ted Lasso, I'm in. I watched the first one. Very fun. So did I. We'll watch the second one and we'll you talk see this about... picture of me right here? This picture of me as a 12-year-old? It is not you. That certainly is. That's my sister. What is happening with your hair? You look like one of those crash test dummies. Yep. That was the look. Farewell. 2000 was a hell of a year. Dear God.